0: Welcome to Weartechnology.com's User Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect.
1: And this is User Friendly
0: 2.0. I'm your host, Bill
1: Sickens. Gretchen, Bill, welcome to this week's show. Hello. Hi there. So we're going to be doing something a little different this week, and we'll kind of see how this goes, and if this works or if it doesn't, will depend on whether we do this again. And we're going to be doing kind of a hybrid uh normally this week we do our spring clip show, but we've just done a lot of clip shows. So we didn't really want to do that. But there's a couple of interviews we did want to look back at. So this is what we came up with. So we're going to have some new content for you this week. We're doing a Q&A and got some other things coming up. And then we're also going to be looking at, back at a couple of things as well. So you'll have to give us some feedback and let us know if you like this or don't like this. And, you know, anything's game as far as all of that goes. Let's see what you come up with. I don't know, guys. What do you think going forward this summer? I mean, you know, life's different right now. I think we are going to try to cover some stuff again at some point in the future, but that's not going to be happening immediately. So, you know, some of the other end of this, I think getting some more listener involvement at this point, which has been asked for, is going to be a good thing,
0: Yeah,
1: you know? And one of the things that's been asked about is, is it possible to do a call-in show? You know? Not something we've done in the past. we've talked about this a little bit. We do have the tech for it now, but one of the issues with that has always been the fact that we don't air live so usually, if you do a call in show, that's something where you're live and people call in right? I mean, you know obviously that doesn't <laughs> yeah. really need an explanation, but it's what you do. So what we're putting together is going to be something that's a little bit different. It will be virtual, and what we're thinking about doing is publishing a recording time or maybe a couple of recording times so when it's convenient, you will be able to go online and essentially call in. And one of the other things is, is you don't have to fear it as much because it won't go out live. If something goes off the rails, we can always re-record. You know, we have that option. I like that better to myself, to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like if you have someone who swears a lot, we can put
1: lots of beeps in there. So yeah. <laughs> or if one day you can't talk properly. This show, our first season, we went out live. We learned that lesson. <laughs> <laughs> So not that there's anything wrong with live. I still do it once in a while and other things, but it is definitely easier to be able to retake when you need to. And certainly for anyone calling in, just knowing that you aren't stuck with it, you know, we can go from there. So that's something that we're going to be looking at doing and trying out. And some other things too, we'll talk about this a little bit more in the close today, but we need your help on deciding how we're going to go forward. What do you want to see? You know, what's out there? Obviously our format's changed. Uh, We've lost Jeremy. Bill has stepped up. And Bill, thank you very much for doing that. But I think right now is the time. Let's make some positive change out of this and see what we all as a family, our own production team, and you as the listeners want us to do and kind of go forward with that. All right. With that, we're going to go into our first interview. Look back. Here we go. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. As I said in the opening, we're going to talk about something where people seem to have found a little bit of religion. And I use that term tongue-in-cheek, but dealing with the idea of media and how we consume it. Mm-hmm. So what we had talked about previously was the idea of physical media, DVD or Blu-ray or a CD or whatever, versus streaming on a service like Netflix. Right. And I know that among our own discussion at that point, we have a little bit of a different attitude, let's just say, on this. Mm-hmm. But boy, some of the questions in the comments that came in uh, were very <laughs> interesting to put it mildly. <laughs> oh,
0: so are we idiots now or – or? <laughs> <you know? laughs> it depends
1: on who you talk to. But,
0: oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, on yeah.
1: the – I'm just going to try to give the background here for what everybody's told me. On the physical media side of it, there's the argument, of course, that you can use it at any time. You're not dependent on an internet connection.
0: Right. It's freedom.
1: It's, you know, the ability to just put it into a machine and just and yeah. play, and, and there you go. Uh, the other thing of it is, is that once you have a copy of the media or whatever it is, the movie or whatever, as long as you don't destroy the disc or lose it or something, you have it in your library whenever you would like to watch it, so you're not dependent on it being available either. Mm-hmm. Right Now, on the streaming media side, uh, it costs less. That was one of the big ones. because Well, it, that... That
2: changes because they keep upping the fees.
1: Yeah, they do keep upping the fees. And And,
2: uh, and now you have to subscribe to several different services in order to be able to watch all the things you want. Right, and one of the other things
1: is on a lot of new release movies, especially on Disney+, Plus, I've been noticing this, that there's an additional fee on top of your subscription fee for certain content, too.
2: Right, so so if you wait... (laughs) Yeah, if you you wait, it's free. Yeah. Because you're already paying for it. Yeah. But if you want to watch it the day it comes out, yeah, there is a fee. But it's not a huge fee. But it is a fee.
1: The second thing that is an argument in favor of that is the – of streaming, that is – is the idea of being able to have a vast library available. And this is one thing that Mm -hmm. I do agree with because there's been times – there was a, a movie, the Steve Jobs movie, that came out a number of years ago now. And I wanted to watch it, and I couldn't find a physical copy. Everybody was sold out. The rental places like Redbox and stuff didn't have it. It wasn't streaming yet, so it was like you couldn't you couldn't get to it and then when it was streaming, it was available there, even though you still couldn't get it on physical media mm. so that's that's a thing now. my big question here is one from the technology standpoint of it, and that is that it is somewhat difficult, not impossible to get four k content and that type of a thing on a disk
2: Well, I would disagree with that in that I can go to a store and have the section of the store that says 4k 4k media
0: yeah and I, like i said it you is know i mean it's it is there and the thing is you also have to realize that um there's there's going to be for for people like myself and jeremy we wouldn't buy every single movie right we only buy the things that that we really love and we know we're going to watch over and over and over again we we're not the kind of people who are just going to buy anything and keep it. So the streaming part there is great. You know, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'll watch that and see if I like it. You know, but things like we love Star Wars. Um, there's <laughs> the, I really love the Kung Fu, Kung, Kung Fu. Fu Panda series because sometimes, you know, I feel pretty gloomy and watching those cartoons always cheers me up. So I have them almost like, a, it's like a hobby. You know, it's like a therapist. There we go. Watch that and you feel better. But the the movie is not always available on streaming services. So it's not every. Yeah. yeah. But and then there are other things that I wouldn't want to have copies of that I like seeing on the streaming services, like some of the old, old black and white films that are just kind of fun to watch once in a while. Mm -hmm. But I I don't really want to have a huge library of them. Yeah,
1: that's another thing. Taking up
0: space. And no, that told,
1: and that totally makes sense. And there's still stuff that I buy too. That's mm-hmm. something that I just want to keep in. Um, but you know, to go back to the technology end of it, I don't have a Blu-ray player on all of my televisions anymore because it's not needed. And in yeah. fact, the only one I have is the one in my PlayStation in my, my home theater. So to, and to finish the conversation on the, um, 4K, you were talking about going to the 4K aisle, but it's not mm-hmm. just that you also have to get an ultra HD player.
2: That's true. Yes, you do have to have the player for the 4K.
1: You know, so that'll be the thing. And, and we're starting to head in the direction of 8K, which won't fit on the disc.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a little weird because you can't see 8K. Yeah. Can you? No. You
1: can I barely would, see four. I would argue that there is a difference. I, I've used both formats mm. uh, just in some of the work I do and stuff. And there are certain advantages to the 8K. One of the bigger ones is actually for virtual reality. Okay, okay, that there I can understand
2: it for VR. I have never seen a movie in in VR,
1: so it's uh it's, it's worth checking out. Uh, you can they have them on on the Oculus. Mm-hmm. In fact, you can even get the Netflix and services like that on the Oculus and be able to watch. It's not a VR movie. You're looking at a screen, but it's like you're in a theater with a million inch screen. You know, so
2: right. It's hmm. kind of cool.
1: And there are VR movies out there. The Darth Vader and- one being one.
2: Yeah, that's actually a game, though.
0: Yeah, that's actually a game, and that was was fun. It was fun, and I (laughs) hope to get some of the other ones. I just
1: (laughs) no, but all the way around, you know, I think there is a valid argument for both sides of the coin. I I know with me, one of the other things too is is television content, especially I wouldn't want to buy necessarily. And there's a lot of times where I'll be watching something in my home theater and want to go finish it maybe in my bedroom or my office. So it is nice being able to just hit the button and go to the other unit and resume where I left off, you know.
0: Yeah. You see, you're you're talking almost a different type of lifestyle. Um, We really only use one TV in one room. Right. Right. So uh, it kind of depends upon your lifestyle. Yeah.
1: You know? So I think I'm going to give a little bit of a cop-out answer here, but this is what I kind of feel after looking at all things. I think there's an argument for both sides of the coin and i think it's just you wouldn't necessarily want to have it one way or the other completely either like you said gretchen you buy the content that you want to have and be able to access whenever you want and everything else do a streaming service mm-hmm. and it's there now I, one of the other things on that too is i, ha- I bought a movie the uh fred uh, tom hanks's uh, mr rogers movie recently on uh, amazon prime and it was bought and it's there and it will never go away it's available anytime i want it they don't take it away after you buy it Right, okay. So, you know, so there That's is cool. that too. All right. Well, this is User Friendly Two We will be
2: back after the break.
1: Welcome back. This is User Friendly Two our next segment here, we're going to be talking about something that's been in the news. It's a listener question specifically that came in on this. And where this comes from was the lawsuit with Apple and Epic Games and being able to distribute through the Apple market and all that kind of stuff. And the question has to do, what is the difference between open and closed software distribution systems? And is one better than the other? And 10,000-foot view answer to this, just to discuss what it is, is an open software distribution system basically means that anybody can write software for a given platform. Uh Windows is like this. If I want to go out and write a Windows app or a Windows piece of software, I can do that. I can sell it on my website. As long as it meets specific standards and all that type of thing to work, it'll run on the operating system. Kind of a middle area of this would be the Android phone. There's the Android Marketplace Store. And anybody can write an app to put on Play Store, but it has to be reviewed and approved and they take 30% of what's being sold. But Android still has a function if you really want to go in there that you can do what's called side loading and you can take an application and load it on your own. And to take that a step further, some of the big boys like Amazon and Samsung have their own markets for the Android platform. So it gives an alternative to be able to get software from those means. A closed distribution model would be what Apple uses, and their software set up that short of hacking your phone, jailbreaking the phone, you're not going to be able to install something that Apple hasn't approved to be able to work on that device. And this is where this lawsuit came from, because now you have to give them the 30% commission off the top of anything that's sold within the app and that type of thing and while Epic can, I would think almost certainly can afford it the arguments made that a lot of the smaller studios 30% is a big deal and it is for small business
3: 30% is big for anybody yeah it is yeah
1: yeah and so and every so that means every dollar you spend 30 cents goes to these markets and it isn't just limited to Apple Steam which sells games online which we all use for a lot of things they have the same kind of thing where it will charge the distributor 30% and that's how they make their money Now, the question of which one is better is not one that really has a short answer. And there are arguments for or against both of these methodologies. Now, on a closed platform like you have with Apple, the argument against it would certainly be access. You don't have the right to run your own software. Apple tells you what you can and can't do on the device that you bought based on what they approve. And as a developer, I also know that that approval process is somewhat subjective, to say the least. Yeah. You know, (laughs) we've been through some different things, and it really is up to Apple as a private company, you know, traded, but still a private company, to decide, well, if we don't like this because it might compete with something we're doing, we're not going to let you have access to our platform and therefore all of the people that use it. Argument for this is you also have a lot less potential for things like malware and other things that are designed to steal information because all of it has been approved, theoretically, by someone at Apple Computer to be able to be out there. So at least being able to make some kind of an assumption that it's safe would be a better thing here. So that's, you know, the argument from that standpoint. Open. Of course, best thing there is, is that it's anybody can distribute and you can sell your own software. And if you want to use Play Store in the case of Android, it's a great marketing situation. And in my opinion, it's worth the 30% because on any kind of a project I've done, it would have cost that much to market it anyway. But it's pretty much the opposite that your app will be approved (coughs) unless someone complains about it or there's some kind of a problem comes up, then they'll take it off. So it's kind of the reverse. But of course, with that kind of a distribution system, it's a lot easier to be able to get malware and other viruses and other things that you would not want into the distribution system. I don't know. Bill, I'm going to ask you this question. What what Do you have a preference between Apple and Android and why?
3: I like Android better, but that's because the interfaces in the system is more accessible. Hmm. And as a computer tech, And someone who customizes a lot of their stuff, like, you know, once it's set certain ways, that is what I need to be able to do that. Because I can set, you know, everything really easily. I had an iPhone for work once. Was It had some features that I think were okay, but they were so different from what I was used to, to access things, that it was kind of weird. But on the other hand, I couldn't do anything with the phone. There was so much work and so many things I had to go through just to change, like, this one setting or this one thing, it was just, I, I i gave up because it was just such a hassle.
1: Yeah, and that is definitely some of the feedback I've heard is that there's a barrier to entry on being able to figure out how to go through some kind of a process. Now, I've experienced that with the Mac and with Windows, too, but usually it's a little easier to figure it out. And again, if they don't want you to do it, you're just simply not going to be able to. Now, Jeremy and Gretchen, I know you both use Android phones. I think you have a Pixel 3. Yep. Which is... A, yeah direct model from Google. So it's designed to run Android natively, of course. And I had one for a while myself and really liked it. What is your feeling on this?
2: I really enjoy the Android system. Uh, the only thing I miss is the differentiation of, of settings between phones. Like one model of phone has uh, a certain number of sound settings where you can turn off the ringtone, but leave your notifications on. It's like, you know, that, that was nice, but I don't have that in the new pixel, oh, really? but um, no, it's, notifications and phone call volume are the same
3: What if that's just uh like with android itself because my motorola does that too now
1: that, that's interesting well, because my samsung uh note has four volume control i'll look at it afterwards and see if it's split in that way but anyway gretchen
0: go ahead oh no i was just going to say that the the phone that used to do that was a samsung
1: okay so maybe you know, and see the other thing of it is is android can be customized yeah by the manufacturer so it's right. very possible bill that what you're seeing is correct that the stock version of android does it this way and that maybe samsung has changed it or something i'll get an answer to that for everybody it's a good question and and we'll we'll send it out there but um i i don't know from that direction is it worth the risk to have it open for my opinion i prefer the open distribution system but you have to know what you're doing and it's a very good idea to have antivirus and anti malware stuff set up for that This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break and we have an extended Q&A later in the show. Welcome back this is user friendly 2.0 this is the part of the show where you ask questions and we endeavor to give you answers how do you submit your questions well we'll start there userfriendlyshow.com we've actually streamlined this process because everybody was asking where do we go once we get to the website to submit a question it was a good question because there wasn't a link on the home page <laughs> sometimes we all have to fix different things but there is now it's the giant blue button under start listening that's where you go Click on that and you can send them in. One user friendly on Facebook and Twitter is our social media. Those are places to go to. And for the moment, this might change, but we still are accepting phone calls, 503-766-6264. That's probably going to be moving online in the next month or two. We'll still take phone calls just in a little different way. Technology marches on for all of us. All right, let's go ahead and go through this, Uh, Gretchen. What questions do we have this week? All right.
0: Is cybersecurity insurance
1: mandatory? So a couple of weeks ago, we had a guest on uh, who's actually coming back to answer some more questions coming up here in the near future that was talking from Travelers Insurance about cybersecurity. They had done a symposium in Portland, which is what that was about. And we have had a lot of questions come in with this. And for most business owners, this is actually something that, myself included, we have to think about because everybody's out there. If you're online in any capacity, you can get hacked. Things like reputation management and all the rest of that and just cost that's associated with this is why cybersecurity insurance exists. Is it mandatory from what I've been able to find out? And this is not a lawyer's answer. Just what I was able to find in my research is that, no, it's not. But I have to say, I think it's a really, really, really good idea. Yeah, especially
0: if your business is really tied in.
1: With e-commerce, you know, Well, think about it, though. Who doesn't use computers in their business? I mean, really, it is yeah. not online. You have to have a website that's online. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Oh, hey, you want to hear the next question? Uh, yeah, I would love to. <laughs> OK, is robotics a good carrier choice? Now, what does that mean?
2: Okay, what is so,
1: robotics? Uh, robotics, we're working in the robotics industry. In other words, designing robotics software, these kind of things. This Mm -hmm. comes from our Sarcos interview a while back with the chief Uh operations officer, and we've had a lot of questions come in on that as well, because there's a lot of interest in this. This is something I wish I had had in high school, but a lot of places now have robotics clubs and they compete and do different things. And I know that from my own personal standpoint, it's a lot of fun. But as we move ahead, I think this is a big area that's going to continue to develop. And we're not seeing stuff here yet that they do have in other countries, which for good or bad, and that's a matter of opinion, do exist. Like as a, for example, in most Chinese hospitals now, because of their nursing shortage, you interact with a robot. There is no nurse. So to check in and do all of those kind of activities, get your vitals taken, that kind of stuff, there's, in fact, there's a robot that's uh, human shaped on the, by the front door that gets you into the building and where you need to go. So we are going to see a lot of development in this continuing to go forward. I think if it's something that there's an interest in, it combines programming with a physical component of designing the mechanical pieces and it is something that's not only a lot of fun but it also does pay well.
0: Hmm. Okay. I just didn't understand the question, okay? <laughs> um all right. Number 3. Does right to repair, that's in quotes, go beyond technology? Listener question that came in about right
1: to repair and again what that is is legislation that's being passed in some states and looked at in others basically says if you can buy a piece of electronics, which is where this question comes from, you have the right to fix it. So in other words, the vendor, say Apple, has to provide you with a way if you want to, to service that on your own without having to go to their shop. Apple's done a nice job of figuring out a way to do that that is heavy for the equipment, but they check it out to you. You do your repair and it works and then you send it back. So I kudos to that. But the question on this is, does this go beyond technology? In other words, do other things than just electronics have a right to repair. And the answer to this varies depending on what the legislation is, if there is, is anywhere you are. In some cases, it does. In some cases, it doesn't. And it's just something where you kind of have to do the research and find so would, out what the law
0: is. Does this include
1: things like furniture or clothing? That's where this That's where this question is going. So the one thing that oh. came up specifically was quick set doorknobs. I'll give the okay. example from the listener on this because that's where it was. They have these high-end quick set doorknobs like the you know the handles on the door in your house right mm-hmm. and one of them got so a part of the frame or a piece of it broke or something like that and quickset does not sell parts you oh. can't get replacement parts for it so is that a violation of right to repair and this listener was in a state where they do have laws to that respect it's not technology at least it's not electronics i think it's technology in some ways but the point of it being is that is what this comes down to and this is something that's developing but again It varies greatly state to state, certainly country to country. And to really get an answer to that is something that you really have to just kind of research where you are and find out what your local laws are. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. We've been getting a lot of positive feedback on the discussions we've been having about comic books. In fact, we've got a lot of questions coming in. And Jeremy, we're going to have to get you set up for a Q&A later this fall on that. But okay. I know this this week you've got some more information for us, I believe, on Batman.
2: Yeah, Batman. He's a super, one of the few superheroes without actually any superpowers. So he's a hero, you know, he he's a detective, he's a a martial artist of uh, vigilante. Uh he works with several other types of superheroes, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh the Green Lantern in order to save Earth when it becomes more than they than any one singular hero can can do. That's the Justice League.
0: So he's kind of like almost like realistic. And if you have a lot of money uh, and are willing <laughs> to do training and have the brains you could become Batman. So let me ask you this question.
1: (laughs) Does that mean if you don't have to have a superpower, if, say, someone had the ability to fly and had a suit that was bulletproof, would that make them a superhero just out of the gate?
2: Well, that's kind of an Iron Man
0: situation.
2: So yeah, kind
0: of. Yeah, because um, Tony Stark doesn't have superpowers. He's very smart. He's really rich and put all of his creativity um, into making something where he was able to help
2: others. Right. So Batman started in... Nineteen thirty-nine, in Detective Comics under uh, DC uh, Comics, uh, he was created by Bob Kane and it was written by Bill Finger. Uh, not much, you know. Everybody forgets about Bill Finger because everyone's like, "Oh, Bob Kane, he's the greatest." So um, everyone remembers Bob Kane creating Batman. Uh, so he's got this a, a very tragic backstory where his parents are murdered in front of him, and uh, he he survives and really wants to have, you know, justice because the the guy didn't get caught. So he strives as he grows up to um become a, uh become the person that he
0: needed as a kid. Yeah, a fighter yeah.
2: for for justice technically. Um in his very first few appearances in the comic books um he he beats up bad guys, he actually kills a few, maims a bunch. Uh, and then they they reimage him just a little bit, and he has a stronger moral code where he doesn't kill anybody. So I mean that's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, he's sometimes known as the world's greatest detective because he sees he sees everything. He remembers all the stuff. He's studied chemistry and history and art and uh, martial arts. And literally every subject, you so can know everything that, you know, when he sees that, oh, that ties into that, that ties into that, that ties into that. That's how this is solved.
0: I think Catwoman's lurking in the background. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kinda. yeah I was hearing that too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so everyone remembers, uh, you know, the the TV show in the 60s, Batman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, that, that's That's the suit that I remember most often is gray, the gray bodysuit with the blue cape and the cowl and gloves. Um,
0: and one thing about that is that that was very silly. Oh, it was. Kind it was. of like um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. And then later on, people found out, wait a minute, Batman's a very serious and, and scary character. And, oh, the turtles are really violent. You know, So sometimes the comic books <laughs> differ from the TV shows.
2: And sometimes the comic books are modified to fit all the other stuff. Right. So sometimes the, the TV show modified the comic books a little bit. The comic books modified the TV show. Um, but we've got a lot of history, you know, from 1939 to now, we're still getting current new versions of Batman. There's Batman movies, there's dozens of Batman animated cartoon things, uh, we've hundreds of action figures. They've also
0: explored the idea that Batman becomes an older man Mm -hmm. and passes on his, his cowl to another. Yep. And I've seen a couple of cartoons where that's happened. Yeah, Batman
2: Beyond. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. I know
1: that I know that there's a lot of different pieces of the franchise out there, and a lot of different manifestations of it too. Some are very dark, like you say, the mm-hmm. one from the '60s was interesting. I know there's some movies coming up that are probably going to be the best of the franchise when they come out. So there's a lot to look forward to, I think, from that respect.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, see, that's the thing. All the t- all these different actors put their own spin on. This classic character. I mean, classic. He's like 60, 70 years old. What, 80? He's quite... Yeah, it's getting there. Yeah. So, yeah, 1940. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, 80 (laughs) years old. I mean, you know, it's it's going pretty (laughs) good. It keeps getting reinvented every now and then. They reimagine the universe uh, every few few years in the comic books and, and changed he's, things. He's
0: also had quite a few um, additions mm-hmm. like uh, Batgirl, Robin and Robin has had several different p- uh, characters yes. be Robin. Yes. And then Robin, is, in some cases, Robin has died. Some cases Robin has become a mature adult yes. and has gone off onto his own thing.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, we've had uh, the original Robin became Nightwing. Uh, the second Robin, Jason Todd, uh, was killed off in the comic books because of a phone-in poll that they created and somebody hacked the system and managed to supervote him to death. Oh. Yeah, so well he, he wasn't the greatest character in the first place. It's kind That'd of be like a bummer Scrappy though. though. Yeah, I Nobody know. Nobody
0: likes Scrappy Doo. I yeah. don't know if anybody likes Scrappy Doo.
2: <laughs> right, but see, then you get a, you know another version of uh, of Robin and then another version of Robin, the current version of Robin is Bruce Wayne's son Damien, from um
0: Zatanna or no 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 it's Rachel Ghoul's daughter. Yeah,
2: um I can't, I can't remember think of her, her name. <laughs> Talia. Oh, Talia, yeah. So I mean, you know, there's all these things going on and Batman has spread out from into everything. We've got Lego Batman now.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
2: and he's he's dark and funny and it's just kind of entertaining. But you know, we've got, you know, hundreds of actors creating all these different things for Batman and you know some people don't like batman some people like you know other whatever heroes i always liked the batman stuff it always seemed like it it was pretty cool i mean sure he fought his way out of most things but you know
0: now it's taken bill a while you 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 first didn't care for him and now you're you're kind of opening up to some of the different aspects of him right
1: right well i think what i always felt is just the movies seemed very very dark yeah, And that is, that's not something that I've ever really related to. Well, I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I want to go to a movie. I want to come out not feeling depressed. And a lot of those <laughs> did that, you know? Hmm. Well, but,
0: and the thing is, is a lot of Batman seems like it's from a film noir. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the hard boiled detective yeah. era.
1: Detective stuff. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, and that would be where it is. It's also c- it very violent too. In some of the movies, some more than others. So if you look back at like the 1960s stuff, that was silly, but it was kind of fun to watch. I actually like those. A lot of people don't, but I did. And the movies, I don't know, it was just, it was to a point, but now some of them are going a little different direction. So, you know, exploring that might, uh, might make a thing. So let me ask you a question. What is your favorite Batman
2: villain? Well, Mm -hmm. actually, my favorite Batman villain is the Joker from the animated series. With Mark Hamill doing the voice. Okay. That that is my favorite version. Mine too. Uh, um, yeah. she's so cool.
0: I also like some of the other uh, villains, um, uh, like Mr. Freeze. Though mm-hmm. I was really surprised when they cast Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I never saw, and I really thought Patrick Stewart would have been a better choice.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I've heard a rumor they're making a Mr. Freeze movie, and the choice will probably be the best of the franchise. But I'll let you know about that when we get a little closer.
2: We'll get uh, okay. we'll we get end. back on that.
1: Yeah, we'll get back on that one. So all right, I'm gonna have to cut you guys off here. We're at our time. But we'll pick this up in a couple more weeks. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break with a Q&A. Have you seen him?
0: He's from the
1: Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. So... You know, it's fun to look back at things, at least when it's planned. And to that end, as most of our listeners know, March wasn't planned. And one of the questions that we have come in a lot, and I really appreciate a lot of the very positive and supportive feedback we've been getting from all of our listeners on losing a very, very close colleague. And I do want to answer one of the questions that's come in is, what are we doing going forward? Because this is something that has been something that we've been thinking about. Yeah, and the idea is, is you know, are we going to continue to produce the show? Yes, we are. At least that's the plan. Um, but the thing of it is, is obviously this changes greatly how we can present. It, it changes and the chemistry. It changes the no? chemistry, but it changes a lot of other things because Jeremy did a lot more than just being on air. He did a lot of the research, Gretchen. I know you've been taking that over. But uh, the yeah. other thing of it is, is he was a very, very talented graphic artist which is something that we have not been able to replace and probably never really will. I mean, there's people with that talent out there, but uh, he could sit down and take crap and make it look absolutely beautiful. I mean, you know, <laughs> sometimes some of the stuff I handed him go, can you make this, you know, actually work? And I get this look like what, what, what this yeah. is, you know, lines on a page, a what are you doing? Face. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and well, this is the idea I had. And then he'd get the idea. And then he'd look at what I gave him and go, these don't, Work together in any capacity, <laughs> and they would come up with great things. But all of our branding, our logos, the user friendly stuff, Gretchen, you and Jeremy put this together. I mean, you know, it's and yeah, it's Jeremy that sat down and, and kind of made it, he made it pretty discipline, yeah, yeah. And you're a fine artist, but they are two different things, as very far as different how you, you know what you do and how you do it, so. One of the reasons I bring this up right now, we're going to be doing a legacy show in the next couple of weeks. We're still putting things together. And as everybody can imagine, the emotional component has still been here. So it's been a little difficult to start going through content, which is why this is taking a little longer for us to get it done. But we will do it. The other question is, is yes, we do need to look at maybe making some changes to format that type of thing. And I really would appreciate everybody's feedback. What would you like to see? You know, now's a time that maybe we make some positive changes, try to make good out of a very bad situation and look at doing some things that maybe we haven't thought of yet. And please send them in. I, I You know, very much open to that always, but right now, especially, and just go to the website, userfriendlyshow.com. There's an ask a question button on there, right on the homepage, just submit it through there. Let us know what you think. And, um, you know, we'll definitely take a look at it and figure out how we're going to structure things going forward. And the other thing that I wanted to point out is a lot of questions have come in and sending flowers and that kind of stuff. Uh, Jeremy and the family have asked, make any donations like that to United24. Let's help the people of Ukraine and make a positive
2: contribution
1: there when we can. And if you want to, please do make a donation in the name of Jeremy Winkler. That would be really cool.
0: That would be terrific. That would be a wonderful way to remember him.
1: All right. Until next week, this is User-Friendly
0: 2.0,
2: keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0 is copyright 2023. User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. All rights reserved. Views expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting and technology provided by WeAreTechnology.com. Listen at TheAnswerOfPerland.com, UserFriendlyShow.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts.